Rejoice, MSU Twitter. Dwayne Stevens, 19-year assistant who developed Draymond Green, Xavier Tillman, Nick Ward, Paul Davis, and Adrian Payne. He cannot hurt you anymore. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Cannot Read, Cannot Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by business magnate and local idiot Kevin Grek. This local idiot noticed that you didn't put, uh, uh, you didn't put, uh, uh, oh, local idiot, can't think of names. Derek Nix, I wanted Derek Nix in the intro. I think Dwayne Stevens actually taught him how to do his like little floppy arm run. That was the Derek Nix development track is uh, that anyway. is that the same run that hunter dickinson does <laughs> <laughs> it's the same run that stevie nicks does i'll tell yeah. you that uh and also <laughs> the other voice there we are joined by the pod's favorite idiot savant is that true alex plum are you anybody's favorite or everybody's favorite <laughs> i think i'm everybody's favorite idiot savant i mean i tell myself that I mean, uh, really and quick with the timely Stevie Nicks references. Yes, so. relevant. Yep. And that's why they're listening. Uh, we, of course, want to wish Alex Plum a very happy birthday. Happy Woo! birthday, Plum. Thank you, boy. Uh, and we want to thank everybody for listening. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Okay. We have a preview show, so Greg, tell the people what they can expect out of the preview show. Well, first you start with the green wall, where football always leads, and it's game week, question mark, right? No. Uh, game, it's, game? it's practice week. Game week! Uh, spring game. Spring game is this weekend, right? Saturday? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what they're saying. That, that's, what, that's what I'm told. That people <laughs> are saying. Uh, so we're going to preview. Uh, I took offense. Plum uh, or Jonesy took defense and Plum special teams. Special teams. Special teams. <laughs> Idiot Savant. Oh. Idiot Savant. I got him. <laughs> uh, from there, uh, we're going to talk a little basketball, of course, off the top. Uh, there is news to report. Dwayne Stevens has left the organization and he is Hopped on that flight down to Kalamazoo <laughs> <laughs> uh, to take the Western uh, basketball head coaching gig. And then we won't go off Grand River uh, to talk about the Masters because really, truly, who cares? Other than the fact that what's his name that just won it looks like a 42-year-old man, but I'm told is actually 25. Uh, so then we'll hop into your Twitter questions, uh, which is trending towards a huge, huge Twitter comp tutorial competition here in the upcoming weeks when are we starting that thing end of the month that's that is indeed one of the questions so uh tbd i can't wait to talk about it on the air uh we'll do it live we'll do it live um yeah i'm looking through i don't think there's uh there's anything off grand river i was like looking back through other than trayvon morgan transferred for the eighth time um yeah uh so it we'll see if there's an impromptu uh off grand river but let's head behind the green wall as we always do to start the podcast. And indeed, the sport that always leads football, we've got a, well, we joked about it, but 
we are going to see a similar format to last year's spring game where lack of depth at certain positions limited what could be done. Uh, last week we did discuss, and we'll get into it a little bit more here, uh, that it is the offensive line this year that is the culprit. So you'll see individual, you'll see some team drills, you'll see some group drills. Sounds like there's going to be 19 sections to the practice in total. Mm-hmm. And then the back half of the practice will be dedicated to something akin to a scrimmage, but uh, don't read much into it. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that we get away from this format ever. It I has Tuck said anything about what ideally the format would be. Is it a team versus team scrimmage? I don't think we'll ever get back to the point that Mark D'Antonio did, which was have the seniors draft two teams and then have them straight up play. That was easily the most interesting and easily the most fun, but it, is very uncommon. He was essentially, as far as I'm aware, the only coach that did, that did that in college football. If you had to ask me, what do I think Mel Tucker thinks about this, generally speaking? And it would be, I have X number of practices. Why would I waste one on shenanigans? Hmm. Like, I mean, you, you only, what, you get eight, 15? In the I'm spring? not sure exactly what number it is, but... Yeah. yeah, I think it's like 15 in the You get limited time, and this counts against that. Yeah, well, so why, you know, like, you can do something to make it more fun, but, like, why would you not practice during that time? Um, so I, I suspect maybe we see something, some, some different iterations, but the idea that there won't be a large practice component of it, uh, it, and it's also a chance for him to recruit off of this is actually our culture. This I is w- who we are. It, I will say it's not that those Mark D'Antonio games were a complete waste. I was at the Keith Nickel versus Kirk Cousins kind of like showdown spring game. And you learned a lot about those two guys on that field that day. And it manifests itself throughout the rest of their careers. So uh, like there was a value to it, but I guess, you know, if that was the best way to run a practice, coaches would do that every single time. Yeah, so clearly easy. it's not. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So Greg, uh, let's talk offense and uh, we'll start at quarterback where I think the intriguing part is the back half, right? Yeah. The, but the- I, I don't know that we want to waste a bunch of time. I mean, like Peyton Thorne is the guy uh, you don't really know past that. Um, and Noah Kim, I know is, you know, getting some, some love. Um, but ideally, you know, it's Peyton Thorne. And then sometimes there's blowout games where other guys get some run and we get to see what the next generation looks like, but I don't really want to spend time speculating on this. Um, yeah, I think the thing is you hope for blowout games. Yeah. We didn't, I don't, did we have any? We had a few. Yeah. I mean, we didn't get a ton of time for, uh, the, uh, what's his name from Temple? Your boy. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. I forgot to about come him. in and play. We basically yeah. did. We even s- he, he played like a very small and he fumbled small and amount. And he fumbled the ball. Um. So ideally, we see a lot of Peyton Thorn, except for garbage time. Um. Moving on. Speaking of things that no one really wants to talk about, O line. 
Uh, and limitations here, again, are what's sort of dictating the format of this upcoming spring game. Uh, because there are still, as far as we're aware, just seven that are available to practice. But uh, as will become a theme throughout this entire uh, preview, number of departures and a number of backfill guys. So, uh, you know, Jacob Isaiah, who who didn't really do much, I think the most relevant thing about him was that he was Baba Pease's grandson. Um, and James Ahamba? Ahamba. Ahamba. Um, junior guard who apparently graduated. So very good for him. Uh, both transferring out of the, the program spent most of their time on the field and special teams. But the big story, uh, in terms of attrition here on the O-line is three graduating senior starters in Kevin Jarvis, Matt Allen, and Luke Campbell. Matt Carrick is back for his sixth year of eligibility, but that is a big hole to fill on a position grouping that didn't exactly overwhelm anyone yeah. last year. So a lot of big shoes or medium-sized shoes to fill there. Yeah. Um, but there are guys kind of coming up in that area. And the, you know, the first one at right guard that, that comes to mind or right tackle, pardon me, is Spencer Brown, who of course got yeah. his first start in the Peach Bowl and is getting a lot of getting a lot of heat uh, this spring. So all of the, you know, warming that we're experiencing here in mid Michigan, that's thanks to Spencer Brown, uh, in the, in the heat coming off of that dude. So, uh, overall yeah. Jarrett Horst coming back on the left tackle side. Yep. Horst coming back from injury slash going on his journey to find himself question mark. Not sure what that, that was all about, but, yep. um, this is the biggest question mark on the offensive side of the ball by far, unless you're really into the tight ends. Um, but even still, even if that's true, uh, I think, I think this is where you want to force yourself to have some interest as the spring progresses. Keep an eye on that. Yeah. The biggest singular hole to fill though, of course, was Kenneth Walker, uh, the most decorated, uh, Michigan state Spartan, perhaps you could argue of all time. Uh, and in the running back core, there are a couple new additions. Um, of course, Jalen Berger, um, or Berger. I don't know which one it is, Berger. but he prefers Berger. Berger. You know what? Let's just say this. He will earn his pronunciation, uh, in due time. And, and if he doesn't, then he'll be whatever the hell we call him. <laughs> he'll be, he'll be happy to get any kind of pronunciation. To get a mention on this at all. Uh, so, only played last four game, uh, only played four games last year at Wisconsin, only had about 88 yards total rushing on 24 carries. That's about 3.7 yards per carry, which is actually higher than any of MSU's returning rushers had uh, last year. Um, and again, only played, you know, four games as a freshman. The circumstances of his departure from Wisconsin are a little bit tricky, something to keep in mind. He kind of half quit on the team, half got dismissed from the team. So anyway, uh, that is one addition. And then, of course, uh, and he's on campus right now, um, but who worth, is not report? Yes. Oh, sorry. I just was going to say, but worth mentioning, we've picked up three folks from the Wisconsin staff over to our staff. Mm -hmm. uh, who probably were least familiar with the situation. With that situation, there. yeah. Yes. So I, I think, uh, I mean, I, totally worth pointing out, but we it's not like we're going blind into this. Yeah. 
the, the team knows what they're getting. Um, and speaking of not going blind into something, uh, also transferring in Jarek Broussard from the, uh, the team of the broke buffs, um, <laughs> who is going to be arriving, uh, at the end of the semester for, for summer ball, uh, is decided to leave that team that only had four wins last year, uh, and was the 2020 PAC 12 offensive player of the year, um, to join the Spartans. So of course, uh, Tucker would have been, would have had a big hand in his recruitment to, uh, Colorado, um, started 10 games last year for, for Colorado, uh, racked up 661 yards. That's about 4.7 yards per carry. Um, so in some ways, I think you kind of look at Broussard as maybe, maybe the guy, Yeah, you know, maybe you pencil him in, even though he's not even on campus yet. Uh, Um, I was going to say that's that's like uh, everyone else in that room is probably like, I need to win this spot right now. Right. (laughs) Right. I need you've got to expect when that guy shows up, he's got. He's got the inside track at the uh, the starting job, Um, but there are a couple of a couple names that, you know, of course, uh, senior Eli Collins, and he is a senior now. Uh, famed former near 1000 year rusher <laughs> from his freshman year, uh, is still on, on the, uh, roster and Jordan Simmons, of course, who we saw quite a bit of last year, uh, in relief of, of, uh, every third of series Walker averaging only 2.9 yards per carry against FBS teams last year though. So, um, you take that, you add in, you squirrel in a little Harold Joyner who of course transferred in last year and was sort of like a, a spot, like, uh, like a power back type guy. Um, and then also Davion Prim, redshirt freshman getting a lot of mentions, uh, by the staff this year. So, it's as we've talked about before, replacing Kenneth Walker is not going to be a one man job. It's going to be by committee. And there are some options here, but there's no one that's surefire. In fact, there's no one that even fits the profile of Kenneth Walker from, from his time at Wake Forest. So, um, definitely something to keep in mind, but at the same time, not a black hole. Like there's talent there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what but, I'm saying. But it's uh but if your offensive line isn't any good. I I just sometimes I remember Kenneth Walker and you realize that he was so good he made that offensive line look good. Well, he led the nation in a number of statistical categories, one of which was yards after initial contact. contact. And that's because all of his yards are basically after initial contact. Um, speaking of talent being there, perhaps the position group other than quarterback that you have to worry the least about wide receiver. Uh, of course, just a reminder, Jalen Naylor, uh, has left for the NFL declared for the NFL. Uh, but Jaden Reed is back and sort of made a show of it. You know, he's serious this year. He wants a championship. Um, Trey Mosley also back Keon Coleman and, Montori Foster are in that rotation. Those are sort of like your known commodities. Um, but then there's some new guys on campus too. Jeremy Bernard uh, was one of the biggest recruits of this up of this last class. 
Uh, of course, we know that he had a similar relationship to Peyton Thorne slash uh, Jaden Reed. Uh, he played in Vegas with Kate Hauser. Um, so we can look forward to members of the media corps just recycling all those old storylines again. Uh, currently on campus and getting a lot of heat from uh, from Courtney Hawkins, the wide receiver coach. So something to look forward to there. Uh, and then, of course, also another heralded recruit from this most recent uh, recruiting class, uh, Antonio Gates Jr., arriving uh, in the summer as well. Those are your two kind of big wide receiver recruits for the class of 2021. So a lot to look forward to. And the position group that I think you can say, you can point at and say, like, this is this is probably the the most talented you know, position group on the roster on the offensive side of the board, at least. Yeah. What's, what's interesting to me is you think back to some of those, uh, D'Antonio teams. And if you're, if your number one receiver went down, it was a big, uh Oh, big gap. Uh, but here, like, I mean, obviously if Jaden Reed were to go down, that is a massive blow, but you look at the group as a whole and you feel pretty good that yeah like it's it's fine like there are playmakers to be found out here um and so yeah anyway just wanted to tack that on like as a as an aside that i it feels good feels exciting speaking of things that feel actually kind of good uh an underutilized position group you know that has not really been a big part of the offense so far during the uh during the you know uh, the whole Tucker tenure, I guess we'll say is the tight end core. Um, they didn't so Malik, have any. Well, that <laughs> that's a contributing factor. Uh, Malik Carr and, and Tyler hunt are returning. Um, Daniel Barker is coming in from Illinois. He's one of the more heralded transfers of this year's crop. Um, and then of course, you know, powers Warren, the most important, you know, individual member of the team. Cause you got it got to say in the good graces of the old of the old commish Mm -hmm. so uh overall this is a offensive you know unit group with a lot of question marks in it particularly on the offensive line but you look at the dudes here and they're more dude than this team was last year at this time and we didn't know exactly what kenneth walker was going to be we you know I think in our previews, we sort of talked about you know, how he might vie for a starting role because we just didn't know and Eli Collins had established himself. Um, but uh, I mean, in the in the showy position groups, yeah, a lot to look forward to there. So it's just sort of like, can we get this thing together up front in the offensive line? Um, guys, Plum. Jonesy, anything on the offense that you would add before we move on to the defensive side of the ball? Uh, You just mentioned uh, Daniel Barker, and I just wanted to say I looked. We ended up with uh, the eighth-ranked transfer class in college football, which uh, that was interesting. And it's not done yet. There's one more transfer spot open, right? Yeah, and And a Georgia five-star offensive lineman became available. Yes, please. 
Yes, please. That get him on campus today, please. Um, and then if guys do transfer at the end of spring ball, which we would expect a couple of them too, you can backfill for those, I believe as well. Right. We're capped. I thought the cap was relative to how many guys you had go into the transfer portal. Seven is your max. Seven is your, is your max plus. So you get, you get your what? 25 initials plus mm -hmm. seven. If you get one for each person that goes out up to seven. Ah, okay. Um, and we've had some attrition, so (laughs) yeah, we took full advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, oh, you also, we also didn't mention Brian Green coming in uh, after spring ball as well, the Washington State mm-hmm. uh, center guard. Um, so there's going to be a nice little internal uh, position battle there. Um, all right, uh, defense. Let's do this. Uh, so we'll start with the defensive line, and in particular at the tackles, where it is probably the most reliable group on the defense. Uh, so. Simeon Barrow and Jacob Slade are almost certainly your one and two at defensive tackle. Uh, both saw lots of snaps last year. Uh, there was if if there was no difference between them and uh, other top performers. So you you've got good feelings there. Deshaun Mallory and uh, Maverick Hansen and Jalen Hunt. I would put in sort of your one B group. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hunt's been fantastic. He's just struggled to stay healthy. And so I don't want to get back on the Jalen Hunt hype train until we see some consistency out of him. um, But Deshaun Mallory and Maverick Hansen also showed some things during the season. And you'd like to believe that with an additional offseason that, I mean, uh, uh, Marco Coleman was even saying that the defensive tackle are easily the strongest part of of the defense. So, I'll just add in Alex Van Sumeren. Uh, it is unlikely that we have a freshman see the um, see the, the field. field, but I mean, well, I'm sure he'll see some time, whether they choose to preserve his his red shirt or not. But you know, top ranked recruit in the most recent class, brought him on campus early. Uh, by all accounts, is just a beast in the gym, like an absolute workout nut. So you know, he's he's working to get his body ready to play at this level. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on, on how many snaps he sees. And this is new Van Sumeren, not old not, Van Sumeren, not Van Sumeren in the portal, uh, but also still with the team. Strangely. Very, very confusing. <laughs> uh, on the edge, your defensive, your, your defensive ends. And it's interesting hearing, um, Marco Coleman and, uh, and coach BT Jordan talking about pass rush because, they're talking about linebackers potentially playing at the line, uh, you know, uh, maybe even bringing a safety down, depending on what the situation is, like whoever's going to best get to the quarterback. But in terms of edge, the names that you can most confidently pencil in, Jeff Piotrowski, who is getting huge reviews, tons of leadership opportunity. Um, uh, it seemed, you know, we saw made an impact in the Peach Bowl and at other times during the season like should be able to plug and play to replace the, what we lost uh, to the, you know, to graduation this past Mm -hmm. year. Uh, Chris Bogle uh, is the transfer out of Florida um, who 
dude looks the part. I'll say that. Um, yeah. Was not a consistent starter at uh, down in the SEC country, but uh, he he looks like he'll be an, a nice ad for us. Um, the I I loved it. he was asked during his press availability about why he chose MSU, and I loved his honesty. And he said they had three guys that left. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there There's was spots available. Uh, interesting, though, thing from him that I, I don't know if you guys find this interesting, but he talked about the the change from Florida to Michigan State was that Michigan State was going to be having him play in a two-point stance, so mm-hmm. no hand to the ground. And I don't remember our DNs always lining up that way. So I don't know if Chris Bogle's going to be doing just a lot of exclusively pass rush for us, hmm. um, but was curious. Uh that leaves Michael Fletcher and Brandon Wright as the other two names to keep an eye on. Michael Fletcher is a dude who looks like a dude. Uh, I mean, just an absolute monster. Huge, huge wingspan. Like everything you want to see out of a D end. And for whatever reason, the the development on on Michael Fletcher has not been as fast as we would like it to be. Hmm. Brandon Wright is the converted running back to defensive end who ended up picking up a few big time sacks uh, at the end of last year, I believe, including one at the peach bowl that knocked Mm -hmm. out their quarterback. I think so. I think that he did have, I think it was the tackle. We hurt so many quarterbacks last year. I I don't think that one was a sack. I think it was the tackle at the goal line, basically that he had. You're right. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, it, like I think there's there's replacement on the edge. I suspect you're going to see, and we're going to switch over to linebackers. When we talk about the edge, I think you're going to see some of the linebackers line up there as well. Um, so it'll be kind of a fluid spot. Uh, at linebacker, we're, of course, returning Cal Halliday, who was a freshman All-American. I feel pretty confident you can pencil him in as a starter. Yeah. But the way we added to this team, I don't know. Uh, and so, um, the other, uh, returners, of course, Quiver is Crouch, who I have not seen on any film, but we keep being told that's injury related rather than personnel related. Yes. So, uh, Quiver is Crouch apparently still on the team, have not seen him. Uh, you hope that he's returning to football playing shape soon because that dude has freak athleticism, so he yeah. will be useful in some way. Uh, the person I think you can likely pencil in as a starter is Jacoby Windeman, uh, who is the UNLV transfer. And I, I don't, if, if folks have not had a chance to Google his highlight tape, please Google his highlight tape. I mean, just, uh, an absolute athletic freak and, and a really smart player makes incredible reads on the field. And that's, that's the gap you were trying to bridge with Quaverius Crouch. Yeah, I mean, you saw all that athleticism, but just didn't quite have a grasp for the position. Jacoby Windeman is a guy who gets, like, think Antoine Simmons in the way that Antoine Simmons was a really smart football player who was able to get all over the field and make tackles because he was able to read plays, but add some athleticism. And that you've mm-hmm. got Jacoby Windeman. So. Mm-hmm. Big pickup there. Aaron Brule, uh, MS, uh, the other MSU, Mississippi State transfer, uh, who was on some draft boards going into last season and fell off, uh, likely is going to be one of those guys that's a pass rush guy, like get to the quarterback. Um, either way, is going to fight for snaps 
And with only two linebackers, you know, um, you've got to have some depth there. And yeah. uh, last two, Ma'a Nateote, who had hit the transfer portal, came back. You hope for his continued development. Uh, Itavian Tank Brown uh, is still, by all accounts, uh, coming back from his, I think, ACL tear last year. Yeah. Is still getting that a little bit healthy, right. but is another one of those guys that is supposed to be a sort of a DN linebacker hybrid kind of player, really get after the quarterback. Nateate, of course, was the crown jewel of uh, the Tucker's class. first class. Yeah. So, good to see him bounce back uh, from yes. the portal. Glad that thing worked out. <laughs> uh, all right, let's head to the secondary. Because and- this is an area... This is it's wild in the secondary. I'm going to say this is the only reason I came today. I had a lot of other things going on. (laughs) I didn't want to record. I rarely want to record. We're well aware. Yeah. But things like this, (laughs) dear listener, frankly, dear friends, are uh, the things I get up for. And when I say get up, I mean get all the way up. (laughs) He's standing. Right now, I'm standing. You can't see him. He's it's a standing desk. It's a standing desk. I'm standing at my standing desk. Uh, and he's at attention. Listen, anyway, um, Matt Coughlin finally graduated. Hold on, (laughs) (laughs) he thought it was he when he said things that he gets up for, he was waiting for his turn to talk. I sincerely thought that he was like doing a bit about how bored he was. I am no, I thought that was a bit about how bored he was, but he thought it was his turn. Oh my god. We still have to do the defensive backs. Sit, uh, sit down. <laughs> Settle down. It is. Uh, I, I would not begrudge Plum for skipping over them because they at times felt like they were skipping the season last year. Uh, but uh, we should talk about them. The good news is, you know, most of these names because their names got called a lot last season. Not always for the best reasons, but uh, you return a ton of people with a bunch of snaps. So Chuck Brantley, uh, still in a non-contact jersey, but by in all likelihood by fall, we'll see him just fine. Uh, Ronald Williams, uh, you know, you stopped hearing his name in the back half of last season because he just didn't get targeted. Yeah, he stopped getting burned. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chester Kimbrough. Uh, healthy looking good. Marquis Lowry, healthy looking good. And of course we talked about Amir speed, the Georgia transfer. My guess is that you are going to see Amir speed and Ronald Williams on the, on the field to start, uh, with Chuck Brantley, definitely seeing some snaps. Um, but this is weirdly a position that I am less concerned about by a, a large magnitude than I was last year. And I don't have a real good reason for that. It, it feels that way. I'm with you. Um, but at the same time, it's a question mark, but not the same amount of question mark as yeah. last year. Uh, one other name to keep an eye on, because hey, we've seen this staff is not afraid to play freshmen. If you if you deserve some playing time, they'll give you playing time. Caleb Coley is a guy that they were really excited to land as a cornerback in the most recent uh, recruiting class. Not saying he's going to get time, but they brought him onto campus early. like color me unshocked if you see him play. Um, so the other position group in the defensive back is uh, defensive backs is your safety slash nickel. 
And it sounds like everybody is getting snaps a little bit of everywhere because uh, notable Angelo Gross played uh, the most snaps in college football last year. And Xavier Henderson was like third on that list. And uh, uh, so what was um, uh, what was Harlan Burnett's comment about that was that it's something to the effect of uh, on the one hand, that says something about not trusting other people. And on the other hand, it says something about our inability to get off the field. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, it really uh, is. Not that anyone listening to this podcast needs to be reminded, but these guys were part of statistically one of the worst secondaries in the country last year. Yeah. And, and yet Xavier Henderson and Angelo gross, I think we would call out as good players. Um, yeah. I mean, so, Xavier Henderson is the, the heart of the team. Yes. Um, you, you, it's someone you're really happy to have back for a fifth year. Um, Darius snow also saw a ton of growth last year. It sounds like he is playing linebacker nickel and safety. He's getting reps at all of them. Uh, so it's going to be super interesting to see how they use Darius snow other, but the concern here is though, that's your three. Mm -hmm. And if one of those guys goes down, oops, a daisy, we've got a bit of a problem here. So other names to keep an eye on Kendall Brooks is the D two transfer that came in last year, who got some special teams time and likes to hit people. AJ Kirk was a guy I think he shook out as a three-star, but had a ton of really nice offers on his list. Um, so maybe as a redshirt freshman, uh, he's ready to get some snaps. Could be. Then you have the two four-stars that came in, uh, Dylan Tatum and Jaden Mangum. I, I say all of this as, this is not an ideal scenario. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, because it, uh, it was pretty much acknowledged that Xavier Henderson and Angelo Gross played very hurt last year regularly. Um, because there was no one else to go. Um, so Plum, you mentioned you were excited about something. I've lost that excitement. You guys can just do this part. <laughs> no, it's on. It's on there. You guys, Tell you what. I got Tell you. you the, I got you the content. You can. Uh, you can remove the strike through from that statement about Matt Coglin if it, I don't if it so. helps Frankly, give you energy. No, the the strike through commentary was the only reason I wanted to do the DM segment. You know, Matt Coughlin was an idiot savant worse than me. Wow. We need to get him on the podcast. We need to upgrade our idiot savant. And his girlfriend, dumber somehow than the two of us combined. Remember how she got locked into her own apartment? I can't begin to right process before the bowl how, game? how the, the Ohio two State of them, the two of them together are a beautiful pair. And I wish them nothing but success because they need all of the support. Listen. He's graduated. We we are sad to see him go. He ranks number one uh, atop the list of all achievements for any kicker at Michigan State University. And he's the leading scorer of all time. Leading yeah. scorer among kickers. And this is... No, of anybody. Of anybody, from, well, yeah. and But why wouldn't he be? <laughs> he played for the team for 14 years. <laughs> he is the, truly the Brad Davison of... Truly of, uh, the it, Brad Davison of... And Michigan his dad State is sports. a pilot, and his dad would drop footballs out of the cockpit, and they would go through the uprights, and he would get points for those as well. <laughs> Listen... Listen, any by any means necessary. So we got two gentlemen who are appearing on the 2022 roster at the position of kicker. The first is Steven Rusnak, a name that should be familiar to listeners. He played in the last five games of the season to earn his first letter with the Spartans, stepping in for an ailing and injured by girlfriend Matt Coughlin. 
Uh, he was four or five on point after attempts and over one on field goal tries, which was a real sad sadness for us. Plum, how do you relate point after attempts to free throws? Are those like similar to you in your, in your brain? You don't get to miss those. (laughs) You don't get to miss those without invoking the ire of yours. Truly. I will say (laughs) I am more willing to give uh, a pass on free throws. No, I don't know. I don't expect a hundred percent of free throws. I do expect about ninety-seven percent. But <laughs> but I'll tell you, anything less 100%. than one hundred percent on point, point after tries is just not okay. So and yeah. you do like Matt Coughlin because he in fact went a hundred percent, a hundred percent for point after tries. So good for him and Stephen Rusnak, you poor little guy. Uh, do better. Do better. Be best. He um. He comes to us from Clarkston, where he had uh, quite the pedigree, uh, you know, number one ranked kicker, a five-star recruit, blah, blah, blah. You can't tell um, the listeners of this this podcast that someone's from Clarkston. They'll revolt. Listen, listen. Uh, people like Foster Lawyer. Old trip over your own shoes, McGee, they call him. <laughs> let's see if uh, let's see if Stephen Rusnak doesn't trip over his own laces on the way to a point after a try this year. But he has some competition this season. Jarrett Reeser, uh, he is a freshman out of Arizona where he had committed uh, to play University of Arizona. Uh, kid has got a pedigree of accomplishments. He's a five-star kicker. He won the California Fall Camp in 2019. He was their champion for kicking. Uh, he won in Vegas as well. It was the last man standing competition. He's got a number of other um, trophies, finalist awards. Uh some folks over at uh, Chris Saylor kicking had this to say about him, an excellent high school kicking prospect, great looking athlete, outstanding job on the field, uh, hits a clean ball off the ground and his 55 yard range. Uh, his kickoffs are coming along nicely. He is college ready. Okay. Now you're just reading. Um, I'm just reading. Just in the same way that I'm just reading that Jonesy is going in there. To to clarify for us that we have. (laughs) And saving you (laughs) on on punting. Well, 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 that's true. I, so, but why, (laughs) where are they? Where are they on the outline? I mean, uh, yeah. So listeners, you I did have one job, but they're, but what I'm saying is they're not in, uh, the they're not on the 2022 roster. Bryce Berenger is back, dear listener. But where you will find his name on? You'll uh, find him second to last in front of Jalen Hunt because they both share the number 99. But he's not on there. Is a no? He's not on here. 2022 spring wa- roster. I'm looking at him right oh, there, now. There is a punter. Yeah. Okay. Oh missed, my god. Missed, missed the well, he's as a punter. He's as a punter. I didn't get to punters yet. I didn't get to punters yet. I mean, kicker. Have- you have i yeah. wish we could share yeah. the visual here you have four paragraphs in in different font types because you pop copy the base of them from different summaries you got like four paragraphs on the backup kicker didn't mention the punter at all didn't have to didn't have to kicking style too clean ball <laughs> He even started reading that clean ball off the ground. Like, just, he's so checked out. And the words are just falling out of his mouth now. 
Well, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone gets the everyone right. gets the point. We Good. have guys that kick the ball, and <laughs> it's it's unclear to see who's going to be successful and who isn't going to be successful this year. We what about the guys that hopes. snap the ball? Uh, Tell who, them about the guys that snap the ball. Well, who gives a fuck? You know, who gives a fuck at this point? <laughs> who gives a fuck at this point? Hank Pepper's back. Does anyone care that Cole's kicking hasn't been as a five star, uh, or that there's such Cole's a thing as kicking. as as Rubio long snapping service. Uh, this services. is the thing that I love. It sounds like a lawn service. It is a lawn service. Uh, <laughs> there's some kid named Michael Donovan who's here. Uh, also from Clarkson. What, what Maybe this was the, the place that Rudy did. Giuliani stood in front of. Uh, oh, uh, the five star or uh, the four seasons. Oh my God. The four seasons, the four seasons landscaping. landscaping. That's what I, that's what this is. You should, if you guys could, if you on the radio could hear on the pod, could, could see me on zoom today, you'd see that the, uh, my hair dye is leaking onto my face. Uh, just like Rudy. So there you go. That's it. Yes. Bryce Berenger is back. Our punters are back. Jack stone, a 2022 kicking kicker who has signed with the team as well. So, and we assume Jaden Reed is returning kicks again, probably. I mean, could anyone do it as effectively? No, and no one had since Keyshawn yeah. Martin, basically. Yeah. So hopefully any luck. Um, guys, overall thoughts on the team. Anything now that we've read all of the bios, um, anything I feel good. I, I, I think this there's a lot to be excited about in this team and we're not there yet. Not all the guys are on campus yet. There's going to be dudes that are going to really contribute to this team in the fall. Not even here yet. So um, there's a lot to be excited about. There's a lot worth watching with a format notwithstanding uh, for the spring game. And the thing that, you know, I've sort of have stuck with was this is a more talented team than it was last year. Yeah, I'm not sure that that's going to translate to more wins necessarily because the schedule is much more difficult. But this is a program that from a talent perspective, I think is very clearly trending up and ascending at a rapid pace. I think you look at the defense for me, you know, I, I know that's what I, I previewed, but I look at the defense as a big upgrade on last year mm-hmm. that that the linebacking core much better, yeah. much better than it was last year. You might see maybe some drop off on the defensive line, but I think probably status quo, maybe a bit better. And you, you have to believe that they can't, they, they cannot be worse in the secondary. So, well, <laughs> you, you have to believe that they cannot be worse. So, you know, if if you have a more competitive defense, even if you see a bit of a drop off because you're missing the Kenneth Walker factor, I think there's reasons to be optimistic. Yeah, I would I would say uh, we need to see continued progress out of Peyton Thorne. So I'm that's what I'll be looking for in the yeah. spring game is continued progress there because it's really going to be his skill with the ball, especially with Speedy Naylor gone. Although he wasn't much of a factor at the end of the season. With with him gone, you got Trey. Mo- I'm excited about Trey Mosley. Obviously, Jaden Reed, uh, and obviously he's going to connect with Jaden because they went to high school together. What? Did we say that? Did we say that earlier? We did not mention this. Yeah, they went to high school uh, together. uh, My point here, though, is we don't have a bailout in running back any longer. We don't have we don't have something to take the heat off to keep it interesting, even though the play calling last year was confusing at best and they didn't diversify that in ways that probably would have maximized its advantage. 
we don't know that we can rely, rely on that. And that, that I think puts more weight on Peyton's shoulders this year. So if, as long as he rises to the challenge, I think for me, um, you know, and, uh, and if Steven Rusnak can kick, you know, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, and we, I have heard, tight ends. we have tight ends. I heard Steven uh, clean ball off the ground. Um, got good bounce. Uh, Rubio. Uh, Listen, you give me the bullshit. You're going to get the bullshit. That's how it is for you. All right. Big fan. 4.5 stars. Uh, all right. Um, Jonesy, do you want to tell, one. do you want to tell the people about a certain coffee roaster in the city of Lansing? Indeed. And owned by two, two MSU alums. Uh, of course, we were talking about our new sponsor, uh, Clada Coffee Roasters, who Lansing-based, MSU alum, and Irish. Yeah. Both of them. Uh, yeah. Clada Coffee Roasters produces small batch specialty coffees from around the world. Uh, they offer 10 gourmet options that you can choose from a bold African blend, a complex Central, Central American blend, or as Plum chose, uh, a Nepalese blend. And of course, for the non-coffee drinkers, Clada Coffee Roasters sells a brewing cocoa, which we're told tastes like a brownie in a mug, but without the caffeine of coffee. Honestly, don't be saying to yourself, uh, spring is here, summer's coming. Tastes good in ice, too. So pour that over mm. ice. Tastes delicious. If you want to check out Clada Coffee Roasters, we, of course, encourage you to go to their website, drinkcladacoffee.com. That's drink. C L A D D A G H coffee.com. And when you choose to, to buy something in the promo code section, be sure to put CRCW10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CRCW10 for 10% off your purchase. Try Clada Coffee the way coffee was meant to be. All uh, right. We got to talk some hoops. Yes. Very quickly. Uh, we, we manifest this, I think, last week, right? I do. Do, I think we talked about Dwayne Stevens getting the Western job. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We're very, uh, very well connected, very uh, professional outfit here at the Can't Read, Can't Write. Um, so announced this week, Dwayne Stevens, uh, now a head coach uh, at Western Michigan University, um, took took a flight from Lansing Airport to Kalamazoo. I don't, has anyone else ever taken that flight? Uh, <laughs> how... How far into the air does he get? Plum does, uh, he's eating a pickle right now, so he'll have to unmute himself and share the crunch with you. But uh, what, Plum, you are a aeronautics expert. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to Embry-Riddle, actually. I'm a certified pilot. <laughs> okay. Uh, is how how long of a flight is it from Lansing to Keizu, and how high up in the air can the plane actually get before it just needs to nosedive down to Cape? <laughs> Do you like barely clear the tree line before you start your yeah, descent? Yeah, before you start your descent. Now, you need one of those Ospreys that has like the helicopter propeller that also yes. has a uh. propeller. Yeah, so it just can do that whole thing. I truly don't know. This is uh, absurd that this even exists as a flight. Most airlines comfortably take 20 minutes to get to cruise altitude, which is over 30,000 feet. I don't know that this plane would even make it to cruise before it would need to get down. So then you're flying maybe at 20,000 feet. This is probably a 20 minute flight. So my thought on this is that evening, Tom Izzo went to a Pistons game with Matt Ishbia. My guess is Matt Ishbia said, Tom, no big deal. I got you. You can do both of these things. And so he sent, he said, 
We'll take the plane over to Western, and we'll go from Western over to Detroit, NBD. Uh, I take don't, all those little jumps. I don't. I don't know that this is uh, this is Western shelling out for for the thing. But if they did, I do want to give them credit for. I I think it's nice that they tried to make Dwayne Stevens feel special in that moment. If if that's what they chose to do, like, or if they didn't, earned... and if they didn't, kudos to Tom Izzo, yes, for pulling for... an Ishbia and doing it for him because yes. DJ totally deserves it. Yes. One of those two things happened, and I support either one of them. Uh, and I thought it was super cool that Tom was there, which, I mean, surprise, surprise, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> but uh, very excited for Dwayne Stevens, genuinely, sincerely. And, and so I think this opens up one conversation that we will not have right now, which is about coach and waiting nonsense for Tom Izzo. Yeah. Uh, the question that it does open up that is a bit more interesting is about who does Hamizo hire, and I I want to point to I'm not going to pull the exact quote that he gave Graham Couch, but was open to somebody who was younger. Basically, he parroted what we said on the uh, podcast last week, save for that we wouldn't mind if he took a offensive coordinator. Um, so I think this confirms Alan Haller confirmed listener of can't read, can't write. Yeah. This is yeah. true. There is no doubt. There is no doubt in my mind that he is a, and probably would sponsor us if we asked <laughs> Alan, uh, we'll take credentials and you know, you just pay for our flights. It's all, it's all good. Yeah, we're good. Uh, I think there's not, a need to talk about this much because I got the distinct impression from the uh, statements made by Izzo that there's not a, a huge rush on this hire. So I think he's going to make some calls. He's going to get a list of names. He's going to interview some folks. La- the last time these positions came open, we kind of knew very quickly who was slotting yeah. into those and it's not going to happen this time. I, I know Jonesy, you said not worthwhile talking about, coach and waiting stuff i do wonder oh, just today is what i meant do you guys think does this yes tom crean you're exactly right well uh, i does this telegraph a little bit about how long Izzo will continue to coach yes at msu yes like dwayne i'm seeing stevens, like five years i mean if dwayne stevens thinks he's going to retire in two years you don't go take the western job and chance it do you i think you i i would because then i would say i've been a head coach because no one's gonna horribly it's western it's probably gonna go horribly for a minute like Mm -hmm. i i expect Dwayne stevens to do something meaningful there but the how you would evaluate him in those two years i mean look at how we evaluated mel tucker in the year that he was at colorado that's fair or uh d'antonio in his two years at cincinnati yeah like, you know, you hear that people are good coaches and then you get a glimpse into how they were building whatever it was that they were building in the place that had less resources than you do. And they present a plan to you and you you trust the interview. Like, I, I mean, huh. I think I think if you're Dwayne Stevens, you take this job either way, though. It sounds like Dwayne Stevens turned this job down yeah. once already, Early but it was over. because Western was cash strapped and was going to pay him like nothing. I think less than what he was currently making at Michigan State. Which I think even at, he's at 420, right? I think that's 
I think that's less than he's currently making at Michigan State. Well, the last coach that they hired, they paid in the 200s. So okay. I, 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 I assume that they sweetened the pot a little bit. And, and they got that giant gift, that $550 million gift. Yeah, they got the gift, Stryker family. So. Which $50 million was dedicated just to athletics. And so, you know, you see a commitment to resources, yada, yada, yada. Like, I, I get, and, you know, Dwayne Stevens probably thought that there wasn't many, he couldn't be so choosy any longer. So. It, it's an exciting opportunity, though, for the team yeah. uh, and for the program. We'll see who Izzo brings in. Um, and I expect. How long, how long do you think it takes him to find somebody? And then the reason I ask is. I'm not used to conducting a kind of a high profile, high profile coaching search like this um, without needing to have an answer within like three weeks as right. evidenced by Mark D'Antonio's perfect timing. On that. I would expect a month. I could see oh, okay. this going a month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, what, is there a rush? Hire, I mean, if we had a hire in two weeks, I wouldn't be shocked if, but like, I don't think that what, how long did it take him to put Mark Montgomery back on staff? Not long, like not long at all. A week, yeah, maybe like hours. It seemed like, yeah. So you know, if you if you told me we had a hire in two weeks, unsurprised, but that just meant that Izzo called the people he was going to call and and took interviews. But if you told me it went four to five, six, I would start being like, you got to start recruiting. But some yeah. So I'm on board. What happens if after a month it ends up being Tom Crean? <laughs> <laughs> that means that those conversations didn't go great. <laughs> and that, but I, you know, that would truly surprise me. That would truly surprise me. Uh, I think Tom Izzo's pretty. I think Tom Izzo wants to win another Natty, and I think Tom Izzo knows he's got to make a bit of a tweak for that to happen. So this is his last hurrah, and I think he's going to make a big gamble, and I think he thinks he knows. This is a big play, what he's doing here. So, um, all right. Two other things we've got to talk about. Max Christie Chatter and Joey Hauser. Let's start with Joey. Um, so Joey Hauser gave an interview to a Wisconsin TV station wherein he said he had not made up his mind about returning, yep. that his older brother's advice was that he return for another year at college. We've seen Michigan State uh, tweet out, a, a video of Joey Hauser, uh, you know, a highlight sort of reel, if you will, that did not seem like a goodbye Joey tweet. It felt more like Joey's freaking awesome. I'll just, I'll start here. I'll start. I've gone back and forth on this quite a bit, and I think I've landed firmly in the Joey Hauser got substantially better as the year went on. Mm -hmm. Even when Joey Hauser was turning the ball over a bunch and not shooting well at the beginning of the year. His defense was better by a lot than the year before. And that this, that Joey Hauser doesn't get in the way of the baton being passed to whose team this is next. Yeah. And we have questions at the five and in certain matchups, Joey Hauser can play spot minutes at the five. So I am pro a dude who cares about rebounding started passing the ball pretty well and found his shot from three. Like Joey would love to have you back is kind of where I am. Especially because of the reality of the situation that Tom Izzo isn't going to fill all those scholarships. If yeah. 
if Joey DeHalzer doesn't come back, that scholarship goes to a walk-on for whom there is no contribution to the team. So I, uh, I don't know what possessed me to say this during the end of the season, but I started getting the impression that of the three of him, he might be most likely. And now I'm starting to get the impression that the, the longer it doesn't happen, the more likely it is that he comes back. Yeah. And, and by all accounts, Joey Hauser had a pretty miserable COVID. Like for whatever reason, just for him, it was not like his experience having COVID though. I'm sure that was also miserable, but that the, the isolation and the testing and all the other stuff, just for whatever reason affected him not well. And so college basketball became very unfun. And then he comes back for this year and the fans are assholes, us included. Well, not, not us. No, well, no, no, us, 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 us. He's soft. He's soft, and he's soft in the head. All right. Can I add that? That's even, <laughs> that's even more offensive. I'll, I can figure out another way to say it even more offensive, probably. But no, um, he is. He's he's soft. He's weak. He's never going to make the league. He won't be successful there. His brother knows it. Too afraid to tell it to him. And if that can serve a purpose for Michigan State, so be it. So and I'm with you both. And so I'm with you both. I hate it that I'm here, but I can't disagree with a single thing you said, Jones. And for that purpose, I hope he stays. And if for nothing, no other purpose, then it will give me some great things to rail against <laughs> multiple times next season. I Let me ask you this, Plum. If, if I told you that Joey Hauser ended up finishing his career at Michigan State a legend, like. Kenny Goins shot over Zion legend. Would that be the least surprising or most surprising? No, it would be the least surprising because of the redemption arc. But this year gave him that. I mean, maybe it wasn't as nice as it could have been, but I feel like there is also the real plateau potential, the real um, narrative like cliff that he could also just completely bomb that it could just if, be the wrong piece. If we see Joey Hauser of the like last five games of the season, plus big 10 tournament, I'm not even talking Davidson. Like I, he 30 piece to them. Like let's set that aside, but even the Duke game, yeah. right? Like Joe, Joey was great. If we get that Joey for an entire season, sign me up. I'm here. I'm with you. Uh, let's talk Max Christie. And then we got to get to Twitter questions. So Max Christie, uh, the rumors continue to swirl about that. We talked about it last week. Um, it, it sounds like uh, LSJ columnist Graham Couch has an insider on this, and he reported on maybe in reporting in the LSJ, but certainly on his podcast, Spartan Speak, that um, he had some kind of indication months ago potentially that Christie was not uh enjoying his time in East Lansing that there were some questions about whether this program sort of uh you know accentuates his skills um and that they were looking at either him leaving for the league or potentially him transferring out let's talk about those skills well he he even went on to say that if Max Christie had to make his decision over again that he probably wouldn't choose MSU. Huh. Well, glad he can't. 
You know, uh, let's let's talk about his three point shooting in the oh, second, hold second on. stretch of this. No, let's talk about it. I mean, listen, if we want to play make believe, let's rewrite history. We can do that all we want. He certainly doesn't get the opportunity to. I would love to know who Graham Couch is is sourcing here. Fuck, I hate Graham Couch. Yeah, it better be his mom. So it I, sounds like it sounds like he's also saying that it is that the staff believes it's 50-50 on whether he comes back. But where we does also he go? know that that to the league. We also know that he has left East Lansing. Yes, he is not living on campus right now and school is in session. So I assume he's taking classes remotely. Hmm. Uh, he that kid's not that kid's not failing classes. That's I don't know. I would, be, I would be shocked if he's if he's not like taking his classes. No, no, I'm sure he's not not taking classes. He has to. Here's be the thing, though: the feedback that he gets from the NBA is not going to be overwhelmingly positive, and he's going to come back. What yeah. am I missing? What am I? I mean, I understand why you go and get some scouts and and NBA coaches to give you some pointers and tell you what to work on and what they're looking for and what your upside is. I get all that. He had an unparalleled, well, for Michigan State at least, an unparalleled opportunity as a freshman to make mm-hmm. an impact. To make an impact. The most minutes ever played by a freshman. Ever by a freshman. And at the beginning of the season, Big Ten freshman after Big Ten freshman after Big Ten freshman of the week. Five? Six? Five. Where were they in the second half of the season? He disappeared. Well, the competition got much harder in the second Fine. half. Fine. Fine. Uh, so, but, but here's here's your comp, Plum. Devonta Davis. Right? It's a different family situation, though. Sure, but both want to get... It, it is very clear that Max Christie wants to get to the league. So Max Christie needs to make up his mind about how best to do that. Right? Like, so... it Make threes. It, no, but it... Th- the NBA is not going to be afraid of two things. One, getting your shot right. And two, getting you in shape for the NBA. Like okay. getting your body right. So Max Christie could say, I know I'm not going to be playing in the NBA, but I can probably get guaranteed money. If he gets a late first round grade, I bet you he's gone. If he did not like being at MSU, and he can get guaranteed money and do all like I think that's the wrong decision. Yeah. But it yeah. sounds like he's upset about the roster as it exists now, that he thinks it's not good enough. Which, by the by, Max, the reason half the reason that I would agree with your statement is because you're not good enough. Because <laughs> you're on it. But that it is it he needs to fight a little bit more. And I don't know that he's going to get that by getting his ass kicked in the G league. Well, yeah, that's the problem. If you didn't enjoy your time in East Lansing, you are not going to enjoy playing games for the, you know, for nobody for the Fort Wayne fire ants or whatever, you know, the (laughs) Iowa city with other, with other entitled in with other entitled self inflated individuals, just like you. I'm going to say this. Maybe it is good for him to go. Not because I don't think there's tremendous upside. Not because I don't think that he can and is improving. Not because I don't think he has the capacity to do, to do better. But if even a fraction of what Graham Couch is reporting is true around his attitude, his frustrations, 
What he needs is a, a, a complete top-to-bottom makeover, an attitude readjustment, probably one involving Tom Izzo and a toaster. And if that doesn't happen, then him returning to campus isn't going to be a value add because he's going to be a stick in the mud. He's going to be bad for the culture. You get uh, you get what's his ass back here, but then whose team is it? Certainly not Max Christie's team with his whole chip this on his AJ shoulder. Hogan's team. This is Fine, AJ's team. but is that? But then then AJ Cooker needs to kick his ass. Someone does. Kid needs his ass kicked. Is what I'm saying. Can you help me with Tom Izzo with a toaster? What is? Do you not remember? I've been saying this all season when they couldn't make free throws. I was tweeting yeah. this out. They had to get this. Is the Parody on uh, Mich- Bobby Knight with a Bobby Knight with a chair with the chair and with, oh! with M- Melissa McCarthy. She did like a fake SNL thirty behind the thirty or whatever. And okay, as this women's basketball coach that would abuse her players by throwing toasters at them when they did okay. free throws. I got you. All right, I'm I'm with you now. I, thank you, thank you for explaining the four joke. months later, and I'm explaining the jokes, listeners. I this is- I, I had you here, Plum. I had you. It, Greg is really, despite you jumping the gun on your special teams preview, Greg is really the one dropping the ball. I think we can all agree on that. I think we should. Every week. <laughs> all right. Uh, so ongoing saga. It, oh, uh, but notable listener. I, like, I think there's some fear that Max Christie is going to transfer out. It is worth remembering. What, what did we have it as that May is the deadline? May 1st? May 1st. So unlike last year, the transfer deadline is back to its traditional time slot which is May 1st. So if Max Christie is not in the transfer portal by May 1st, he's, he's either coming back to MSU or going pro. Um, so just something to keep your eye on of as you are panicking that someone may decide that they don't like your school as much as you love your school, um, that that is uh, at least a deadline that is looming. So, but uh, can I ask a, qu- a quick thought uh, on the dates? Because... NBA, draft, G League, and then, hold on, draft. hold on. I know that, but what I'm telling you is May 1st is still the transfer window. If we don't get guys into the transfer window to potentially now replace Max Christie, the timeline there is me yeah. equals another open scholarship, is what I'm this saying. This has been an ongoing complaint about the draft process, which, generally speaking, is better than football in the sense that, like, it's nice that guys get to go get these evaluations and then come back. Like, you don't mm-hmm. get to do that in football, and it's kind of bullshit in football. But that that you're spot on. Like, you, yes. a guy can hang out in limbo and then leave, and then Tom Izzo has another scholarship open, and he can do jack-all about it. Like, yeah, this it would be is nice at least... Old, uh, complaint it's nice to get back to these older complaints it it would be nice if the ncaa at minimum said like in the same way that they said we're gonna let you add seven transfers if you have transfers out of your program uh if they said hey uh, that you can pull a dude in with the exception of that one year sit requirement if you have a guy who leaves for the nba who didn't get back to you in time like that would be a nice little thing they could do but you know it's the ncaa and they're Brand is primarily incompetence. So let's uh, continue with the incompetence yes. and head to yes. spring training for the Twitter questions. And we will lead with Jake Hawkins. Uh, welcome back, Jake, who asks first, which position group on MSU football team has the most approved by stepping up and performing better than last season? It's special would- teams, obviously. <laughs> I think the easy answer is the secondary 
But is that the right answer? I mean, it's the first thing that came to mind. The offensive line is yeah, right yeah, behind second. that. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I think the secondary is the best answer because it's largely the same personnel that are there that are now have, well, not largely, but a lot of those same guys now have to step up, bring the next group of guys along and, and hold the fort uh, in the defensive secondary. Jake, I'll add this wrinkle for you to think about, and I'm going to go back to something that Marco Coleman said about the defensive line, which is that uh, so often teams were in passing situations because MSU was up. And so often we didn't get off the field. And so that's why our sack numbers were so high is because it was both passing situations and because we let people stay on the field forever. So in I think in some ways you could make the argument that if you had a truly dominant defensive line, uh, you would you would see much, much more out of them. And so uh, I think they got some love in the stat count in the counting columns that they didn't totally deserve. Um, mm-hmm. And so if you're looking for like a. Oh, I didn't think about that. That might be a place that I would point to as like, there's talent there. There is for sure talent there. So next up from from Jake Hawkins uh, with the return of Jaden Reed, who should be receiver number two and who should line up in the slot? I personally think it should be a combination of Trey Mosley and Keon Coleman. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, I don't disagree with that. Trey Mosley is immediately the name that comes to mind. Yeah. Trey, Trey for sure. Uh, Montori Foster had some nice moments of last year. Mm Mm-hmm. I think snagged a couple touchdowns, at least one. Um, so, you know, let's not le- like, let's not leapfrog because Keon Coleman is shiny. Like, let's not leapfrog some dudes who done some in-house development, but. Especially that- because Keon Coleman's just top of mind for all of us because we just saw him for basketball. Yeah. Uh, and finally, from Jake Hawkins, guys, which NFL team do you think would be the perfect fit for Kenneth Walker? I personally think the Buffalo Bills, and he's available well into the second if, and he's available well into the second round. The Bills should get him at pick number 57. I think he is Barry Sanders reincarnate. I know the Lions. I know Barry's not dead, but send him to Detroit so I can finally root for an NFL team. Uh, I, I've been looking at some draft boards. I don't see. Mr. Walker falling to 57 normally his, he usually goes somewhere at the top of the, the second round. Um, but get that bag can get that bag. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't pretend that I know all of the different running back situations at the various NFL teams. I just, aren't don't. the bills a pass heavy offense anyway? I don't know. And did they just resign a, a running back for like a big deal? Jake, you honestly, you know the answer to this question better than any of us yokels do because we just aren't NFL guys. But but uh, while we're on the topic of the Buffalo Bills, it is a city in New York, Buffalo, New York, and mm-hmm. their logo is a rushing buffalo. Why in the hell are they then the Bills? What is a bill? Is it a dollar dollar bill, y'all? What is it? Someone? Don't look it up. If you don't know, well, I, I'm curious if I get a, uh, uh, Sons of the lambs thing. If I Google it, Jake Hawkins, <laughs> Jake Hawkins, you tell us what the hell is a bill and why, why? Oh, why? Oh, wait. Uh, it's an American scout who fought me for the union in the civil war. Are you pro Confederacy plum? I'm not answering that question because I don't have to. <laughs> 
All of a sudden, Plum's feeling very cornered. <laughs> uh, next up from Joe Ashworth, uh, Tom Green is going to be the new assistant. No, next. What is the best sunglass style? <laughs> evil out there, Joe Ashworth. We, we should what? cut this question. Uh, next from Joe Ashworth, uh, what is the best sunglass style? What is a Ray-Ban? I don't, is this, what are these? We're not, what is, are we supposed to be giving them pointers right now? Is this the kind of question, Joe, you really want to have in the competition? Are these really the kind of questions you think you're going to do I mean, well? I, mean, I would have expected a Joe to say aviators, right? right? Huh? Wow. That's a, that's a Joe Biden reference. Wow. Yeah, we knew what it was. Strained. We, strained reference. We like knew what it Joe's was. jokes. <laughs> Uh, uh, and finally from Joe Ashworth, let's assume Hauser returns. Is there any chance he and Hall can play yes. together for brief stretches? Yeah, they did. Yep. They will. But, but we uh, are probably looking. Or, yeah. 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 But your follow up is, or are we looking at another year of wild and infuriating substitutions? And so yes, also, yes, yes, we are. I think here's the fun question. Dwayne Stevens is gone. Who apparently handled substitutions. But we get to see how much did Dwayne Stevens really handle uh, substitutions? Big, big man substitutions. Oh, uh, just big man. Yes. Oh, so he was responsible for yanking Marcus Bingham after two minutes. Uh, I think that his hand was forced in some situations. Izzo is, I think, a lot like me in that our sudden uncontrollable rage blinds us to reason. And I feel like he made decisions that has to kind of be put through a filter. You know, like sure. he's like, pull his ass. And then the assistant's like, we'll do it right now. And then just sits there for a, a couple of minutes. And then is like, you sure? This is the buffer. This is yeah. the buffer. We need a buffer. We need a 27 year old buffer. Uh, next up, and... oh, Elon Bloom. Will, by the way, welcome back, Elon Bloom. It's been a minute. Yeah. Good to see you, my man. Buddy. Will the Mel be disappointed? The Mel be disappointed in the spring game turnout? I think this is actually a really great question. I'm worried think, about it. Uh, the question yeah. or the game? No, <laughs> because I think uh, you, you telling people it's not going to be a game is probably going to stifle things a bit. Sure. Uh, we are uh, back to pre-COVID protocols in such a way that like, it's not going to have the same hype that it did last year where we were kind of emerging and people could be a bit of places. Um, and so that was new and exciting. And so I don't, what's the weather like there guys? How's um, it's, it was nice this weekend, uh, but it has been truly awful. So there's going to be some pent up demand for that. Um, I should have looked this up already, what the weather is going to be. Next Saturday, cold, 45, uh, but not rainy. Yeah, so, so Mel's going to be sad. <laughs> I don't see. think he cares. I don't think he cares, honestly, Elon Bloom. I think Mel's just kind of like, ha, whatever. Come and see these winners now while you can on the cheap. Or don't. It doesn't. We don't fucking care. We're going to win. And they will. Man, it's going to get up in the 60s in the next couple of days. Um, maybe that will get people... I've got 81 here in a few days. Okay. Yeah. As well as 71 on Wednesday here in Detroit, at least. But, uh, next but up from Elon Bloom. not why they're um, listening. Which basketball player will need to grow the most for a successful season next year? Weather talk with Mike and Alex. Uh, <laughs> it's the voice. Uh, God, there's uh, so many ways to answer that question. 
Um, at off season, attitudinally, if he's going to stay, Max Christie. It is Julius Marble, and that's the only answer. Yeah, I was going to say Marble as well. Okay. <laughs> but, but AJ Hogard, but, if he yeah, can develop probably a shot, AJ Hogard, like I, a little bit more leadership, probably. I mean, he's got some, but he's got to really coalesce that shit. Tyson Walker, Tyson Walker, instinct. in that. Yeah, mm, I think he's probably useless and just going to stay that way, and that's fine. That's fine. You're a you're a twat. Yeah, I'm not not. Certainly don't disagree with you. I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From Elon Bloom. Uh, will one running back lead or will be the committee approach next year? I think we all are in agreement. Uh, running yeah. back by committee. Fair? By committee. And, and unless Jerick Broussard is special. Mm. Is, is the guy. All right. Next up, Mike Jones, the real Mike Jones. Guys, did you spend any time watching the Masters this weekend? Golf just has a different vibe with Tiger in the field. Uh, I spent a little bit watching it today. We're recording on Sunday. So today, obviously the, the end of the, the masters 13 Um, over par for Mr. Woods. Yeah. Yeah. Not his best round. Not his Um, best showing. Scotty Schefter. Super goobery looking dude. That's what I learned. I assume Tiger's leg caught up with him. Who cares? No one's listening for Tiger talk, but I'll say, who cares? Here's why I cared. Our boy, Mr. James Pyatt. Mr. James Pyatt. I was going to say Piot, and I was like, no, that's not right. Mr. James Pyatt was there and got to play a practice round right behind Tiger. This was meaningful for him. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, and that reason only, am I glad that Tiger Woods played for his uh, hopefully last Masters appearance. Mm. What? Mm. What? I don't have any use for Tiger Woods. He, he was great twenty years ago, or whenever it I was. Oh my god, it was twenty years ago, you guys. Didn't he just win he, the Masters like three years ago? Yes, probably not. Nope. <laughs> I'll have to, we'll, we'll look that up in post. That's that's probably not true. Maybe, maybe you can copy and paste some some paragraphs into the outline <laughs> for a later question. I'm not on Wikipedia right now, you guys. <laughs> next up from uh mike jones am i a terrible spartan fan uh for bailing on the spring practice since it won't be a game really wanted to go see the football team in action guess i'll have to settle for some usfl are we I getting on be- the usfl wagon by the way the way that we did with uh with the xfl uh long time listeners are you talking about long time listeners will recall um Maybe certain listener guests forgot when they were in, you know, Tibet Nepal. listening. The <laughs> uh, fall that we joked about transitioning to be a full XFL podcast at one point. <laughs> I thought this was football as in soccer, and I was going to make fun of him for that. But I, isn't this the the league that Shea Patterson's playing in? Uh, sure, sure. First, how very dare you? And second, he is a season ticket holder to the Flint Bucks, part of the uh, USL, I believe, USL champions or USL two division. <laughs> So, so eat it. Flint. Fake, fake, fake Mike Jones. Last up, last up from the real Mike Jones. Rumors Mr. Slappy could be a candidate for the LA Lakers job. How much would you pay to watch him and LeBron get into a slapping match? Is this true? I I don't know. First time hearing of it. His name. No, it can't be true. Hmm. But either way, I don't care about that guy. Who are we? Who? Juwan. Juwan. Ah, uh, Javon Howard reference. Yeah. See, now I'm like, Will Smith might coach 
Oh, I I'm thought so I thought you were going to go with John L. Smith <laughs> slapping. I like I would John like L. Smith John can L. slap Smith. whomever he wants. <laughs> whomever he only wants. As long as he's I wearing his cowboy boots. Back. As long as he's wearing his boots. And only his cowboy boots. Good questions, Mike Jones. Yours probably right up there with Elon Bloom for quality questions so far this week. Ooh, getting, getting into out. the Twitter rankings. I, we're not ranking. Room. We're literally just we're this is a we're we're in training mode. We're giving some feedback to the folks. Okay. Uh, by the way, I I have a theory. We'll talk about afterwards on on someone we should have on for a uh, a guest judge for real time mm. feedback on um oh, on Twitter questions. Uh. Is it Luana K. Simon? I really trust her judgment in all things, <laughs> but especially this. Uh, next up, Spartan 18770. Would you accept the neon football uniforms with neon pants as the default uniforms if it meant a natty? I like the idea that you wouldn't. <laughs> There's some stick in the mud seven-year-old dude that's like, I came here for the green and the white, and I'd rather see an 0-12 green and white team than a national championship neon team. I would, I would I, wish hold on a second. I like, on that person. I like that an 0-11 team gets the 12th game. That's <laughs> what I like about your 0-12 program there. Somehow, that's going to happen. I, Explain that a little bit more for me, Plum. Are there, there's, I thought you only played, how many, how many games do you have in, are there 12? There are indeed. But I thought that was the 12th game was only in the conference tournament. Huh. That's the 13th game. The 13th 13th game is, uh, is the bowl game or a conference tournament. And if you're at the conference tournament or championship, you, you indeed have a 14th game. Um, And then potentially a 15th game as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I do think some people responded no to this, to which I would also point out, I I am pretty sure that the neon pants, the neon pants are undefeated. Uh, so hold on. Someone came in the Twitter mentions behind this and said, pass on the neon yes. pants. So there, and that stick in the mud does indeed exist. Be gone. <laughs> Turn the podcast off right now. <laughs> I would cloud a coffee. Get that Nepalese blend. I would be willing to have the team go out there in amazing gold if they won. Yes, I would. I would. I want a national championship for this football team. I don't care what the team looks like when they win it. Great. Next up from, uh, that was maybe, that was maybe too far for Mike Jones. Found the stick in the mud. Uh, all right. Next up. Oh no, sorry. We already did Mike Jones. Spartan 18770. How much dollar signs would it take for an SEC team to play in Spartan Stadium in November? Apparently there is just not enough. Such a thing does not exist. The number is not a real number. The crazy thing is that if you, if you built that matchup, if you did a Big Ten SEC challenge, if you will. And you sold that as a separate media rights deal. If that was a thing you could sort of like dish off to, to CBS or NBC, the, the Bacock, uh, they would pay so much money to have yeah. that lineup of games. Yeah. Yes. But we're in the Alliance now. So no, such the backpack, thing the backpack. I think that Tucker should start coming for Saban and the rest of them is weak. 
can't handle the ball in the snow. Saban did take over in Alabama. Soft. And basically the first thing he did was cancel the trip north to Spartan Stadium. Soft. Yeah. Because they're soft. Uh, well, I think, I, I think Nick Saban also thinks that people think of him differently here than they do. Like, um, did you see? I, I what do you mean? Like him. that they like him? No, no one likes no, no, Nick no. Saban. Uh, I don't hate Nick eh, Saban. You're the only one. You don't even live in Michigan. Loser, die. Listen, <laughs> everyone that lives in Michigan is a true Spartan, hates Nick Saban, and wants nothing but horrible things to happen to him. That's Rick, a fact. I don't go out of my way to like Nick Saban, that's for sure. Great okay. answer. Great answer. <laughs> I'm definitely more on Plum's side than on your side. Uh, on this kind of subject, did you see, uh, I believe, Ant Wright, who I don't care for because I think it Turd. just tracked down that he was the person behind the trash MSU account that was like truly awful. Um, posted, and I think he only did this because it was, you know, about Michigan, but the last true a uh, non-conference power five road game that Duke played outside of the big 10 ACC challenge. Was it Michigan in like 2009 or something like that? Yeah. Um, like Remember that time coach K said, we'll come to you. Yeah. These programs should not continue to get away with this garbage. So yeah. it's, uh, that is actually one thing that it probably the only thing that I'll tip my cap to Graham couch about is when he was an AP voter for college basketball, he would not, if you didn't play a true road game, he would not rank you. Which uh, in some years meant Duke didn't get ranked until ACC <laughs> ACC schedule time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, next up, the Keith Ski with a kind of a timely question. Would you sacrifice the Sparty statue for a natty in basketball or football? So, Greg, uh, given your comment earlier about wearing maize and gold, as you described it, I'm curious, were you the drunk driver that ran into the Sparty statue? I'm trying to manifest this for us, Kiski. <laughs> Stopped a little bit short by how they don't have uh, what stanchions, not the right word. Ballers, I think is what they're called. OK, but a more permanent statue stanchion in front of the Sparty statue is <laughs> is sort of. Well, it's fairly offset. I mean, that person had to go a long way. way. Yeah. And up some steps in order to hit. Stanchions are necessary. Anyway. I believe he just gave you the word bollard, so I would encourage you to use it. <laughs> I'm going to stick with stanchion because I enjoy that word quite a bit. Because uh, it's so close to Stanton. Indeed. Uh, but uh, the, the answer, Kiski, is we have a second one. So it's a backup. Yeah, that's fine. We can, we can do some blood sacrifice. Yeah, the answer is yes. So the answer is either or both. We don't care. I'll also sacrifice an actual Sparty in costume. <laughs> I'm reading ahead one. Oh. All right. Next up, John Hubbard. How much is Grex blackmail up to to delete the copy of what Plum said about Cutter and Water Closet human rights abuses? Water Closet. World <laughs> Cup, you absolute chode. <laughs> he does it. He does it to troll me, dear listener. <laughs> He's not as dumb as so hard. He's not as dumb as he sounds or he wants you to believe. Oh my god. And it just like a perfect tactical strike, apparently. Water closet. Water closet. <laughs> so stupid. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. Uh it's it wasn't just a little bit either, dear listener. It was like a lot. It got dark. 
it got very, very dark. Listen, I don't regret any of what I said, but Sepp Blatter still has friends in powerful places, and they're all Emiratis. So I'm just saying. Illuminatis? Fine. Both. Either or both. Too. That too. Either both. Uh, uh, next up from John Hubbard. If you were competing on Jeopardy, what category would you dominate and what category would you answer every clue wrong? Uh, Plum, I, I'll i go to you on dominate. I assume defensive backs is your answer. Not on. good. I'll tell you anything really probably football, except for special teams. I'm very good at special teams. Unless it's punters. Unless it's remembering the punters. Unless it's remembering the punters. <laughs> but, but I think I would do exceptionally well in potpourri potpourri uh greg you got anything on this uh no i'm the uh can't read can't writiest of the three of us uh, and i okay. would get destroyed in every single category you would get mike you would get like u.s politics probably or u.s like history or something u.s history i'm sure you would do really well in i mean i i was very excited about the lend least act coming back so uh <laughs> I remember that from the AP histories. Uh, Next up from John Hubbard and last up from John Hubbard is if you could take a time machine to any decade in MSU's history and spend a week there, what would you choose and why? He says, I'm partial to the 19 teens and 20s because it would be interesting to see how undeveloped the greater Lansing area was. John, don't suggest your own answer if you want to do well in the Twitter question power rankings. I'm just saying. Wow. Rude. Yeah, Lame. just just he's, just he's just I, putting a little color on his question. Just just take him to the back <clears throat> two thirds of campus and drop him there, and that's your answer, John. By the way, did you guys see we 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 found a new uh, like atom or something at the uh, cyclotron? Oh, cyclotron? the old cyclotron, the old rare that's what, isotopes. Yes, that's isotope, what the F rib is for. That's what. That's what the F-Rib is supposed to be doing, accelerating particles and doing that Throw kind of stuff. Throw us that money, Joe Biden. I would say the 1970s or 80s when either, I don't know when W. Doherty was the coach. That would have been the 60s. 60s? Fuck. Then yeah. 70s or <laughs> 80s, let's go with 80s because uh, 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 George Perlis was the coach in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Right around the time that Bo Schembechler was still there. And I'd go back and I would tell George, Go look into Bob Anderson at the University of Michigan and get see that Bo doctor over and there on go the other get, side? and get Bo Schembechler tossed the fuck out of that school for enabling a sexual predator. That's what I'd say. That's what I'd do. But there wouldn't be a a, a, a statue of him. Uh, but you're, uh, there's your no evidence to suggest be... that there wouldn't be. They know now. Doesn't seem to bother them. Doesn't seem to bother them. Very good. Wouldn't be acceptable to them if it was us in the exact same situation, but it's acceptable to them for their own for their own but, Plum, I'm Leaders sure in the best. Choice actually would be like go corrupt the hiring committee for uh, uh, Nasser so that he didn't ever get hired at MSU. Yeah, and... all, all, I mean, also great. Also, but listen, it was his football. Oh, was this not football? It's not football. Just oh when you shit! I thought it was a football. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I might make other decisions, but I thought this was football related. I uh, I'm also I'm inclined to be with you, Plum, and choose the '60s. There are some great football teams then. Uh, I but then I also remember that Bubba Smith was burned in effigy on the campus of Notre Dame around that time, and I think to myself, maybe I'll just stick with the 2020s. <laughs> I think I might just go back. Let's go back to when when it all started. 
I, I would be there for 2000 to 2009. I'd see the Natty for Tom. See lots of riots. I'd get my college years back again. Why do I need to choose a different you Get some D'Antonio time. Wow. Yeah. Mark D. Hmm. Get lots of Mark D. I enjoyed my time at MSU. I don't need to replace it with anything. I go All back right. to do I'm that again. All right. Nick Kamansky's up next. On a scale of one to plumb after the Duke loss in the tourney this year, how upset are you about the canceling of E3, the oh. Electronic Entertainment Expo? What is this? It's the the video game expo. Who basically. cares? Also, um, wasn't I thought it was quite magnanimous after the uh, loss. Yeah, to actually, Nick, just to correct you on this, Plum was just like, "It's over." I'm just so glad that it's. I over. mean, I've hated a lot of things, Nick Kamansky. I mean, my recent vitriol directed exclusively at Max Christie is about as unhinged. You could have gone there. That would have been fair. That would have been totally fair. But I don't know that this is the. Uh, this was the one. Also, video game fans will acknowledge that E3's been trending down for a long time. So, do they, do they the make power- video games, or what is is this a, a, a no? Con just think of fab? it as like a conference in the same way that Comic Con for oh. gamer nerds. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, next, next up for Nick. Uh, when do the power rankings officially start? How do they work, and why is Plum in charge of making those decisions? Plum needs to be in charge of something in this podcast. (laughs) And so we chose the thing that happens once a year. Also, listener, I probably just won't show up some weeks, you know, just to really spice things up and keep it interesting. When you say probably, do you mean (laughs) certainly? (laughs) And this is our notification. (laughs) I blindly benched it on April 10th. Don't you remember? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, so there, next week, when the, or whenever the wearing he's kick off, Plum will just be like, oh, it's 8 o'clock, I can't be there. I'm <laughs> that's, busy. That's what's, I'm, I'm busy, busy again. Uh, uh, how do they work, um, and when do they start? Uh, TBD. Uh, we, we, the formula is being discussed. Yeah, look at them. Look for them at the beginning of May, though, I think yeah. is fair, yeah. to say. fair to next say. Next up from Nick Kamansky, have you ever seen Below Deck? No. Oh, it's have you ever even seen Below Deck? Oh. It's got a oh. little spice to it. Or there was a little spice. Uh, we'll put it on the list. We've yeah. seen it. Uh, I, I was with Greg. We saw the sister film. It was pornographic. It was Below Dick. But that was, I think, a different. <laughs> it was a different one. It's actually, you know, a great Twitter question would be, I what's mean, everyone's favorite film? And there you go. Of all time. We're, it's an open book test right now. Well, uh, next up from Jer Bear. Where is Jer Bear? Uh, <laughs> something something let's do hockey let's do that hockey let's do that hockey let's do that hockey no please please come on to the podcast please yes we do have a lot to talk about with the hockey team so let's open that communication jer we'll be we'll be in contact look for an right. look for something in your in basket next up mama maple leaf number one with last summer's u.s amateur win james pyatt fifth year msu senior Talking about copy and paste. Uh, gained entrance to the U.S. Open at Brookline, Massachusetts. The Open, cha- Jesus. The Open Championship at St. Andrews, and an invite to the Masters. Why not at Augusta? Uh, which of those three golf courses would you choose to host Can't Read Can't Reds fundraising tournament, and why? First, can I ask, how did he do at the Masters? Didn't make the cut. Really? That's okay. it was the not best. a huge surprise. Yeah, you know, it's just a, it's just an amateur. Just a little guy. Just happy to be there. Uh, and we were happy for him. 
Uh, I assume that U.S. Open is the sauciest of these. Um, so probably that one. Well, yeah. no one wants to go to Augusta. No one wants to go to Augusta. Yeah. The Masters, it just sounds, it's just, it no. seems so up its own ass. Like, yes. This is a correct. no thank you situation yes. for me. Correct. It now, is St. not Andrews, on brand. St. Andrews is beautiful. Oh, would love to see it. I'd love to see Augusta, but uh, that is not where uh, we would host a tournament. It would be at the US Open. Yeah. Um, number two. Okay. okay. In 1975, Lee Elder was the first black golfer in the Masters. Due to death threats, he rented two homes and moved between the properties for his own safety. Approximately 40 years later, the sports scene still isn't even with black coaches holding isn't if isn't even black coaches hold only 9% of head positions in the division 1 level. Why? Kevin, please solve for institutional racism. Well, <laughs> well, you know, what are you going to do? Mama believe. Uh yeah, like what I don't know what we say here. I don't know what you wanted from us on this. Because <laughs> cuz um things institutional are unequal, racism and, and you know, racism is institutional and the original sin of our of our <laughs> society. I I uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you want, Susan. I don't know what you want. Also, I want to be clear that uh, asking us to solve the world's problems in the Twitter question power rankings. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't how you win, Mamopolief. But it could Our, be if they were related to Max Christie. Just <laughs> saying. All right. Next up, number three. This week, the first black female, su- all right, female Supreme Court justice, uh, though. Technically, we plumb its associate Supreme Court justice designate, 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 still judge Brown Jackson quoted Maya Angelou with the words, I do so now hope while bringing the gifts of my ancestors, the bringing the gifts my no, ancestors no, no, gave. You fight, you fight I do so now while bringing no, the gifts you. my ancestors gave. It's I am the dream. Well. I am the dream and the hope of the slave. Thank you, Plum. Will the sports world take heed and lead in fulfilling the dream? I think in many respects, the sports world is where a lot of heeding and fulfilling the dreams of people of color in this country have come to fruition. In many respects, it has been the sports world where equity and equality has been the force that paves the way for greater equity and equality outside of the sports world. Don't you think that that's True. I mean, legal Other structures, the, the coaching level. Oh, absolutely. But I think in terms of the force sports has had on the popular culture, um, there's a lot to be said for that. And I think, yeah, it is. It's a travesty that we don't see this more on the coaching level. And that is a, an absolute direct result of institutional racism. But I think what um, associate justice designate Katanji Brown Jackson has been able to achieve here um, and the absolute and utter dysfunctionality of the united states senate in confirming her uh she got three republican votes thank you very much i just i've been the committee like it's just this our government our just government structure is so 
broken. But good for her. It's the advice and consent of that body. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's yeah. important. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Next up, Mr. Neurotic Pants. <laughs> We're just going to have to cut those questions next time. Uh, what's happened to the real upper duck jerk guy? Has he had an existential crisis? Has he bought better seats? Is he a soft spoken Mormon? Down mystery? from the upper deck. Yeah. Allegedly. Is he a soft spoken Mormon missionary now? Did he move in with Jonesy? I've actually been living in his head rent free for quite some time now. So it is <laughs> I who lives with him. Mm. Uh, but um, he's back this week. I assume that the man was busy. And sadly d- chose not to include us in his life. Upper decking, yeah. jerk guy in, you know, that is I mean, it is his intermittent engagement that makes him the jerk guy. Ah, so very good. Uh, next from Mr. Neurotic Pants, is MSU post-ISO likely to look within or without? Answer this question as literally or spiritually as like. <laughs> uh, I think Alan Haller looks wherever Alan Haller wants to look. Listen, Alan Haller is, as we discussed last week on the pod, uh, incredibly successful at his, uh, recent, uh... Coaching hires? Coaching hires, his gets, as it were. So, yes, to your point, wherever the heck the guy wants to look. And in both of those cases, I think we're referring to D'Antonio and Tucker here, looked both within and without. Mm -hmm. Both of those guys had previous history in East Lansing, but weren't exactly the first name that came up. Yeah, and weren't like full MSU dudes, right? Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Last up from Mr. Neurotic Pants, behind the scenes, Tom Izzo's veneer cracks regarding Coach Stevens leaving. (laughs) Quote, that dim-winded thimble chaser is like a cock going for a colonel if he thinks coaching Battle Creek will get him to the dance. (laughs) Further fulminating. Those podcasters should stick to Irish and coffee. <laughs> that second part's definitely true. <laughs> also, verbing Irish makes me feel like that's a racial epithet, but I can't <laughs> be certain about it. Uh, uh, I wouldn't have, you know, probably gone that way. Um, Dim-witted uh, thimble chaser. I think somebody's back into the uh, Joe Biden Autobot uh, insult generator. But cock going for a colonel. That took that took uh, classic. That took some 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 creativity. Add it to the vernacular. Uh, next up, upper deck jerk guy. If Mel doesn't see, he's back. If Mel doesn't get as many wins as last year, will it be a disappointment? No. No. Yes. I, I, yes and I'm, no. It's a yes and no. I get yes. Literally, it will be a disappointment. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I but, will be bummed on days in which we lose. Sure. But let's say we have a far more competitive game against Ohio State than we've had in years one and two. Sure. I will feel better about that, even if we don't go 11 and two. All right. Uh, next up from the Abdurak Jerk Guy. What are the chances Tim Miles is hired by Izzo as next coach? Where is Tim Miles these days? I love that uh, Juwan Howard was quoted as saying, who's that for a commercial? And that was not a bit. Uh, <laughs> what? 
Yeah, they had all of the when Tim joined the broadcast crew for the Big Ten, they had all of them like saying funny things about like Tim Miles. Yeah. And and then Juwan Howard's like, Who's that? And it came out like that wasn't a bit. <laughs> Just like sincerely. Yeah. Did like, not know who Tim Miles was. Yeah. Uh, Tim Miles, I think, didn't love Tom Izzo. Uh, I think one of the stories that he shared after he got fired was the first time he met Izzo, and he did not refer to Izzo in glowing terms. So uh, I'll be surprised about this. Um, but Tom Izzo or Tim Miles is a guy that we could probably get on this podcast if we wanted. So maybe we should reach is, out. He's the head coach at San Jose State, isn't he? Tim Miles? No. Did he just get that gig? Where is where is uh, he now? Did he just get hired somewhere? Yeah, he's the he's the head coach of San Jose State. Really? Yeah, April April 6, 2021, a year ago. A year ago. I had no idea that he was coaching at San Jose San Jose State. Well, he's probably not available for the podcast then. Went 8 and 23 in his first year. 1 and 17 in conference. So, he's busy. He's got stuff going on right now. <laughs> Um, all right, last up, um, the picture guy, where will Gabe Brown play next year? Latvia? Yeah. Pick a, uh, pick a Euro league team. Choose it. That's, that's your option. Canary islands. Yep. Galapagos. The Galapagos. Oh, that would be fun. The, the The Galapagos, the the puffins. The puffins. The, the fight. Do puffins. not step on a, tor- a tortoise. Uh, all right. That's it for Can't Read, Can't Write this week. It's been way too long. Uh, thank you all for sticking with us. Uh, of course, get amped up for the green, uh, the, sorry, the, the spring game. I, is it is it on BTN or is it on BTN Plus? If I know my BTN, they'll be showing something else for no reason at all, and they'll show <laughs> it on tape delay later. All right. Well, uh, we will be tuning in slash maybe uh, Greg will be boots on the ground TBD. Uh, But you all have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next week. Go green, gentlemen. Go white. Go white.